How does God respond when we totally fail and mess everything up? Hey, this is Cherie at Bible Project. In this episode, we're reflecting on God's faithfulness despite the poor resume of his chosen partners. Following Tim's message, Dan will read from 2 Samuel 7. And stay tuned, because after the Bible reading, we'll have a chance to reflect and pray together. Listen in. Hey everybody, this is Tim Mackey at Bible Project. And for this week's Bible study reflection, uh, we're inviting you to ponder a story of David, king of Israel. David's story is actually over 40 chapters long in the Old Testament. It's the third longest story of any character in the whole Bible. Only Moses and Jesus have more pages dedicated to them. And David's legacy actually outlives him, not just through his story, but also through the lineage of kings of Judah that come from him. But also, his legacy lives on because of a promise that God made to David that was fulfilled ultimately in the story of Jesus. This promise is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7. This is one of the watershed moments in the whole story of the Bible. It's after David has become king and he's united all of the divided tribes of Israel. And he declares that Jerusalem is going to be the capital city of all the tribes. So he moves the ancient tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant to this high spot above the city that's going to become the site of the future temple. And there David prays to Yahweh, and he offers to build for him a permanent house, like a temple building. And God responds in a surprising way. He says, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Instead, what God proposes to do is to build a house for David, not a building, but a royal family, a lineage that eventually, God says, is going to produce a seed or a king who's going to rule forever and ever. God says that this king is going to have a father-son relationship with him, and this king is going to build a temple for Yahweh and rule forever. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're reading this chapter, your Jesus radar is beeping like crazy. Uh, You're reading about an eternal king called the Son of God building God's temple. This sounds like the Messiah. And that's true, though you need to keep on reading. Right after these promises, God anticipates the failure of David's future seed. God says, when he, that is your royal descendant, commits evil, then I will correct him with a human rod. But my loyal love will never leave him. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever. So, if this promise is about Jesus, why does God then say, when he commits evil, I will correct him? That doesn't sound like Jesus. This is a great moment to recall how the messianic hope works in the Hebrew Bible and how it builds forward momentum. So all the way back from Genesis 3, the story has been creating this need for the seed of the woman, a human who will come and crush the head of the snake and overcome evil and bring God's blessing of Eden back to the world. But at every step in the story, the people that God raises up for this task, whether it's Abraham or Jacob or Judah or Moses and so on, they sometimes succeed, but mostly they fail and then eventually die. 
And so God's promise to David doesn't just zoom forward directly to Jesus. It's actually setting you up to keep reading the story of David's descendants in the rest of Samuel and then out into the book of First and Second Kings. And every single king from David's line that you're going to meet will come to power, will face some test of their loyalty to God, then they're going to fail, and then they're going to die. And so here in 2 Samuel 7, God is anticipating this and telling David, when his descendants fail, not if they fail, but when they fail, they are humans after all, God's going to let them face the consequences. And that consequence will lead to the ultimate tragedy, which is the exile of Israel in Babylon. Babylon is one of those human rods that God mentions to David. But God also makes clear that the failure of these kings won't cancel God's faithfulness. And so that means that eventually, even if it's after a really long exile, a future king will eventually arise from David's line and fulfill God's promise. So this is a really profound statement about God's character. The God of the biblical story is apparently in this human history business uh, with the long game in mind. God knows that humans are unreliable partners. David himself, just a few chapters after 2 Samuel 7, is going to see a naked woman from his high place and then take her and do what is good in his eyes. And if you hear the echoes of humanity's failure in the Garden of Eden, good job, that's on purpose. But if you've been tracking with the biblical portrait of human nature, you're not surprised at all of this failure. Every king and priest and prophet and human you meet in the story is a mixed bag of good and evil, of success and failure. And so God's word to David actually accounts for that failure within the promise. God won't allow human evil to nullify his plan to renew all of creation. And in fact, that's actually what David says later in response to God's promise. He says, you alone are God and your word is trustworthy. He's talking about how God is patient and how he puts up with humans way longer than seems reasonable. But one way or another, God's promise will bear fruit. And this is why the story of Jesus is both so surprising and also the natural conclusion to this whole thing. It's where divine and human faithfulness meet together. The fact that Jesus is born into David's lineage means that he is that anticipated king who would faithfully partner with God in the world. But Jesus, at least his portrait in the four Gospels of the New Testament, he's shown to be more than just a descendant of David. In his words and actions, he claimed to be the God of Israel, become human to do for us what David and his children and all of us have left undone. And so Jesus becomes this human image of divine and human faithfulness in one person. And that's really good news for people like me and you. And so how should we respond to a story like this and to a God like this? It seems to me one natural response is gratefulness and worship. Uh, the fact that God fully knows all of the ways that I'm going to fail him and the people around me. And yet he still offers the gift of his life and faithfulness to me in the person of Jesus. What do you say to such generosity? Another way to respond would be to take stock of our lives and to identify ways that we can grow in our faithfulness to Jesus. You know, knowing that I'm likely going to fail is not an excuse to sit around and wait for it to happen. Uh, maybe it could be avoided. Maybe what I need to do is take a long walk and ask myself, who's in my life right now that could be an ally? Somebody that could help me address these areas of my life where I need to change and grow and form new patterns of behavior 
that are more aligned with the way of Jesus. There's lots of ways you can respond to a story like this about God's faithfulness, and so I leave it up to you and to God's Spirit to figure that out. But let's ask God for the wisdom and for the courage that we need to maintain faithfulness to a God who has promised to never be unfaithful to us. Second Samuel 7, 8 through 16. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. 2 Samuel 7, 8-16 through 16. Now let's review. God promises King David that he will build him a house, a royal family line that leads to a king whose reign will never end. But before we get to the promised king, there's a long line of other kings, priests, and prophets who are called to represent God's character on earth. Some do a pretty good job, others royally fail, and in the end, everyone comes up short. But humanity's failures never cancel God's faithfulness to his promise. In fact, the God of Israel became human to fulfill the promise himself. Jesus, the long-awaited king, faithfully completed everything that we have left undone. Now, of course, this is the best news for people like you and me. In Jesus, our failures are covered. We are given a new start. And with this new start, the Spirit of God empowers us to partner with Jesus to rule the world with faithfulness and sacrificial love. Let's respond with gratitude and reflection today. I have three things for you to consider. Listen closely and just press pause if you'd like more time. Here's our first question. What is one way God has been faithful to you recently? And now our second question. What is one specific way you'd like to grow in your faithfulness to Jesus?
And now our last question. Who could be an ally in your life to help you grow? And how can you reach out to them today? Thanks for joining us for today's reflection. If you'd like to reflect more on this lesson, there's a video and more detailed questions at bibleproject.com study. Now in closing, let's pray together. God, you are so faithful, even when we aren't. We need your wisdom to respond to your faithfulness. So Spirit of God, we ask you to highlight the areas in our life that need to change and that you'd give us the courage to change and live in your new start. Thank you for never giving up on us. You will faithfully complete the good work you started in us. Help us cooperate with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message was by Dr. Tim Mackey. Our show production and scripture reading was by Dan Gummel. Our theme music by Grant William Harold. And I'm Sheree Hayes, your host. Reflections is more than a podcast. It's a community of friends who are reflecting on the Bible all throughout the week. Friends like Deborah and Jose. Hi, we are Deborah and Josue from Mexico City, and we love to listen to the podcast on our Sabbath day. Thank you guys for what you are doing. It's such a blessing for us. Thanks, Deborah and Jose. We love that you're a part of the Reflections community. Share the Reflections community with others. Invite your friends today. Bible Project is a crowdfunded nonprofit located in Portland, Oregon. Crowdfunded means that generous people like you from all around the world pitched in to help us create animated videos, podcasts, blogs, Bible studies, and more, so everyone can see how the Bible is one story that leads to Jesus. Thank you.